Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lay the Points podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Kendall Caps. We only have a couple weeks left in the NFL regular season. I know you guys are all geared up and ready for the playoffs. So am I. But before we get there and get to those really tight, difficult matchups, we still have two weeks left to take advantage of a full slate of games. There's also a lot of opportunity when looking at futures. Last week, we brought back the segment, Back to the Futures, talked about a couple different player awards in the NFL and the NBA and NHL that were worth throwing a a little shekel or two on. And we mentioned Joey Bosa, who, uh, excuse me, his brother, Nick Bosa, got caught up in the Joey Bosa news. It was just announced he's being activated off IR, might be coming back for the Chargers, hence Joey being on the brain. But Nick Bosa, going into the games last weekend, was going off at even money for the NFL Defensive Player of the Year with Micah Parsons sitting at plus 130. This week, Nick Bosa is minus 1,000. You have to lay 10 to 1. So I hope you took the advice and jumped on Bosa last week because he obviously is going to win that award. So I looked at a bunch of other awards, and I want to bring back our Back to the Future segment with a few others once again this week that still hold some value. And similarly to our Moneyline parlays that we talk about, so many of these awards we already know with only a couple weeks left in the season who's going to win them, like Nick Bosa, which we just talked about. And it's not really worth laying 10 to 1 to bet on it. It would have been at even money last week. But when you put a few of those together... Now you're getting odds that's actually enticing and you're basically putting sure things together. So Nick Bosa, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, you can lock it up. It's his trophy. Uh, Barring Micah Parsons doing something unforeseen and unbelievable these last two weeks and the Cowboys maybe somehow steal the NFC East division because of him, I think we know Bosa is going to win that. And with Jalen Hurts now, out last week, likely to miss this week again, it appears Mahomes is the heavy front runner for league MVP. He's at minus 500 right now. You pair those two with Justin Jefferson winning the Offensive Player of the Year, who's minus 800. So that's basically three sure bets. Now, you're still laying two to one when you put those three together, and that's because... Vegas knows, and you know, and I know that those three things are pretty much almost a lock at this point. But if we take a look at Saquon Barkley as the say, as the comeback player of the year, he's currently at plus 175. And right now it's between he and Geno Smith, but the Seahawks and Geno have really been falling apart the last handful of weeks. They've lost five of six. They're now out of the playoff picture whereas the Giants are in the sixth seed. And in general, you know, a big name. The NFL would prefer big names to win big awards. And I think if the Giants make the playoffs, which it appears like they're going to, Saquon's a pretty smart bet here. 
and you put him with those other three and you'll get three to one on your money. I think it's worth the gamble to make that bet. All right, we talked about division winners uh, parlaying a couple of those last week. And the odds are similar, and they're still value, but now things have flipped in one particular division. So Cincinnati was minus 200. Now they're, excuse me, was, uh, yeah, they were minus 195. Now they're minus 240 in some places. They're more than likely going to win the AFC North. Uh, the Bucks they play the Panthers this weekend. If they win that game, they clinch the division. Even if they lose, they can still win the division by winning eight, week 18 and having the Panthers lose to the Saints in the final week of the season. So there's many, many ways that the Bucs win that division. The AFC South is the tricky one. Now that Tennessee has lost seemingly all of their players, Derrick Henry, he's not going to suit up tonight, it looks like, against the Cowboys. But that game is meaningless. Everything comes down to week 18 between the Jags and the Titans. So if you take the three-team parlay and you put the Bucks, Bengals, and Jags, you're going to get two and a half to one on your money. If you take the uh, Bucks, Bengals, and Titans, you're going to get four and a half to one on your money. And as we talked about, the Bengals are in a really, really good spot to win their division. The Bucs are in a really good spot to win their division. If you think those two things are going to happen, you can make these two bets and whichever plays out, whoever wins that Jags Titans week 18 game, no matter who wins, you will win money. Um, so I've already placed that bet and, and I'm excited to see who wins. I'm rooting for Tennessee because I'll get better odds. But if the Jags win, I'll still win a little bit of money. And finally, looking ahead to the NFC championship game, when you look at conference winners, right now the Eagles are the favorite at plus 170. The Niners are plus 260. The third best bet on the board, or strongest bet on the board, is the Cowboys at plus 450. I don't think anybody believes the Cowboys are ready to make that type of a leap and reach the Super Bowl. And think about the rest of the NFC landscape. The Buccaneers are not close to the same team. Uh, there's there's no one in the wild card that scares you. The the Vikings, we, we've seen when they play legit competition that they can't stand up to it. So really, this is a two-team race. And if you bet the Eagles and the Niners to win the NFC Championship, as long as one of them do, you will make money. And I'm all about finding ways to put yourself in advantageous positions to guarantee yourself coin one way or another. And this is another great opportunity to do so. All right. Now we'll take a look at the week 16 lines. There's a couple games that really stood out to me um, that I wanted to talk about this week. The Dallas Cowboys here on Thursday night, that this line keeps climbing. It was 11, moved up to 12, 12 and a half. As of this morning, it's now 14 as they play in Tennessee against the Titans. And interestingly, the over-under sitting at 39 and a half. You do not often, very often see a line this big with an over-under that low. And I think it's pretty much just because you have rarely ever seen a quarterback who throws the ball worse than Malik Willis. He has made a couple of starts, 
and he's averaging about five completions per game. I mean, this is not 1950, but if you watch the Titans offense right now, you might think it is 1950. Uh, The Cowboys still have a lot to play for. They're still alive to clinch that one seed um, and win their division, albeit it's a long shot to get there but they still have every opportunity to do it. If they win and get some help this weekend, then anything can happen in the final week of the season. So even though they might sit Tony Pollard tonight, Zeke is healthy. The rest of the offense is healthy. Their defense outside of Leighton Van Der Esch is healthy against a Titans team that is going to be without Ryan Tannehill, Derek Henry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Malik Hooker. I think you can make a strong argument that those are the five best players on that team and none of them are playing tonight. Uh, so even though this is a big line, it's a big line for a reason. The Titans are not expected. The implied total is the Titans maybe get to 13, 15. I don't even think they're going to get there. I don't know if they crack double digits. Um, so this is one spot where I'm actually going to lay the large spread and take the Cowboys to cover. From one overdog to one underdog that I think has some intrigue this week, the Houston Texans, fresh off their you know big shocking upset, their second win of the year against the Tennessee Titans last week, are at home against the Jags. And on paper, it should be a mismatch because everyone's just about as a mismatch against Houston. But you know the the strength of this Texans team, the only unit that has been consistently good all year has been their secondary and their ability to cover receivers, which is the strength of the Jaguars offense. And despite the fact that Trevor Lawrence is playing at a really high level, I think he has 14 touchdowns in one pick the last month and change or something. Obviously, they're they're playing very, very well right now, but they literally have nothing to play for in this game. If they win, it doesn't increase or decrease their odds of making the playoffs or winning the division whatsoever. If they lose, same thing. It all comes down to week 18 against the Titans. Win and they're in, lose and they're out. Brandon Scherf, their Pro Bowl right guard, is hurt and questionable to play. Knowing that situation that this game is meaningless, I would be shocked if the Jags actually played him. And Trevor Lawrence is even questionable with a toe injury. So this is certainly worth monitoring. If the Jags on Friday announce that Lawrence isn't going to play, you need to pounce, be ready to pounce on the Texans quick because the Jags are not going to be laying it all out on the line. They would be silly to do so. I don't care what Doug Peterson says. Well, we play to win every game. Yeah, you might play to win every game, but you can't possibly be stupid enough to put potential important players at serious risk when the following week's game is all that matters. So there's certainly value there in Houston getting four and a half at home. All right, so we're going to move from there to a battle out west in the Bay, uh, in the Bay area with the Niners. They're at home giving 10 to the Raiders, over under sitting at 41 and a half. San Fran still has a shot at the overall one seed. It's unlikely, um, but there's a good chance that they could jump Minnesota for the two seed. They're a game back. They have a lighter schedule. Uh, Meanwhile, the Vikings could very well lose to the Packers or even underdogs this weekend against Green Bay. So San Fran, for one, has something to play for, despite the division being locked up. But the flip side of that is the Raiders, they're in disarray. They have, not only do they have nothing to play for after, you know, the awful loss that they sustained on Christmas Eve last week, but 
They announced that they benched Derek Carr for the rest of the season. You know, that quarterback that they just signed to a three-year, $121 million contract with a full no-trade clause as well. Uh, Yeah, that Derek Carr. They benched him for the rest of the season for Jarrett Stidham, the Patriots, former Patriots backup. And I think we all know who Jared Stidham is and what he's capable of, which is not very much to say the least. And Derek Carr then came out and said, you know what? I'm just going to leave the team for the rest of the year. I don't want to be a distraction. I'm just going to peace out. That's certainly not a good look. Devontae Adams has since come out and said, you know, that's the reason I came to Las Vegas. That's the reason I left Green Bay and came here and now he's gone. And the rumors are they're going to look to trade him during the offseason. It is such a shit show. Josh McDaniels, once again, is proving he doesn't really have a clue of what he's doing. So despite the fact that this is a 10-point spread, and again, I, I I normally find myself on the other side of these things when there's a large spread, but the Raiders with Jarrett Stidham against that defense that the last, what they've won eight straight, but the last six weeks, their defense looks ferocious like one of the better ones we've seen in the last handful of years maybe since the last time they made the Super Bowl a few years ago um so knowing that I don't know how the Raiders are really going to move the football very consistently and the Niners their offense is getting better and better Brock Purdy he looks the part if you just watch him play Mr. Irrelevant he makes smart decisions good throws smart throws he gets out of bounds he gets down when he has to like he is not playing like a rookie Never mind Mr. Irrelevant, the last player in the draft. And he's going to go against a defense that not only has it been bad all year, they just placed Chandler Jones on IR. So they're even weaker. Um, So again, I'm usually not a fan of laying double-digit spreads, but this is another one where the Niners should be able to roll. It's hard to find a case where the Raiders keep this game close. And finally, the last game I want to take a look at is the aforementioned Packers-Vikings game. So if you had told me a month ago, that Green Bay had a chance at making the playoffs, I would have said you were crazy. They were left for dead. They were playing terrible football. Um, And all of a sudden, they find themselves tied with Detroit and Seattle at seven and eight, a half game behind the Commanders for the final wildcard spot. The Commanders could very well lose one of their final two, opening the door. See, Detroit still has to play Green Bay next week. Um, So so one of the teams they're tied with, they get to play in Seattle – is an underdog at home to the Jets this weekend before finishing with another NFC West clash. So there's opportunity there for Green Bay to shockingly make the postseason. And, you know, weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers said like, hey, once we're eliminated, if I, you know, then if you want to bench me, fine. Well, since then, this team has gone on a run. A.J. Dillon has looked like A.J. Dillon again. And I'm not saying that they're going to win. They're three-point favorites in this game against Minnesota. But I do think that there's going to be plenty of points. The over-under sitting at 48 and a half. And with the way the Packers have been moving the ball and scoring over the last four, five, six weeks, and we know Minnesota can score. We've just seen their defense get shredded week after week, um, time after time. I mean, Danny Dimes, you know, took them apart last week uh, at times. So what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do now that he actually has a couple guys that he trusts, Christian Watson, the emergence of that rookie has changed their offense entirely. And, you know, ironically, he was the player that on the first play of the game, way back in week one, first play of the season, drops like an 80-yard touchdown pass against the Vikings. And now he's the biggest jump starter for this offense and someone that 
Aaron Rodgers consistently looks to in the red zone. Alan Lazard is still a good, solid red zone threat and a decent number two or three receiver. Um, they have the backs. Bakhtiari is coming back. So I think Green Bay is going to score plenty of points. And their defense also hasn't been anything to write about this year. So Minnesota should also be scoring plenty of points in this game. 48 and a half, you know, that, that's a decently big number, but this game should be played in the 50s, and I'd be surprised if it wasn't. All right, now we're going to finally transition to Kendall's Corner. I like to wrap up the show with this segment every week. And last week, we just missed out on our five-team Moneyline Parlay. I should have known better not to trust the Titans in that Texans game. We hit the other four. The Titans screwed us. Otherwise, we were getting three to one. Uh, the teaser, though, we did hit our, our four-team teaser last week. So each week, we either have hit the teaser or the parlay that we play on this segment. Um, and for the season, we're nine and four now on the, the money line parlays. And we're 500 on the teasers. And every time, you're getting better than even money on all of these bets. So we are crushing it this year, and I really like what we have again this week. And really, it's because where the lines were falling. So I'm going to start with the teaser. The Chiefs this weekend play the Broncos at home. The line sitting at 12 and a half. That is a really important number because you can tease that to six and a half, getting it just under that touchdown line. You know, we've all seen the last couple of years, really, the Chiefs struggling to cover big spreads. I'm not sure if they're going to cover the six and a half, but I, excuse me, the 12 and a half, but I like them to cover the six and a half against the team they've beaten 14 straight times. Um, Seattle is one and a half point dogs. That's another significant number because you can tease that to plus seven and a half. We got them just over that touchdown line. And whenever you're teasing, you want to look for these specific numbers because there's not a huge difference, let's say, going from as big of a difference from three to nine or, or three and a half to nine and a half. But to go from one and a half to seven and a half to just get beyond that touchdown marker uh, makes a big difference in value. And so you tease Seattle to plus seven and a half against the Jets at home. Uh, the Chargers, another one. They're six and a half point favorites against the Rams, who basically just won their Super Bowl on Christmas when they dropped 50 on the Broncos. You can tease that down to a half a point. You turned it into a pick em. And the Chargers, if they win this game, they go to the playoffs. They have a ton to play for in this game. And their offense, since Keenan Allen and Mike Williams came back, is back to looking like one of the best units in the league. And quietly, their defense is playing really, really well right now. Joey Bosa might be coming back this week. There's plenty of reasons to love the Chargers. And basically, as a pick em, you got to like those odds. And finally... The Lions-Bears game, we can tease that down to over 46 and a half. Both of these offenses, especially with Justin Fields running the football, can score. This game was in the 60s when they played a little while ago. Um, now it's back in Detroit where the Lions are scoring 32 a game themselves at home. That offense is still looking unstoppable practically. Um, but their defense finally took a dump on the field last week against Carolina. So you could tease that to over 46 and a half. You put those four together, you get plus 240. I really like those odds at those particular plays. And finally, our parlay, Moneyline Parlay of the Week. Uh, it's pretty simple this week, to be honest. The Cowboys tonight against the Titans, that's a lock. You know Dallas is going to win that game. 
the Chiefs against the Broncos. Until the Broncos beat the Chiefs, it's hard not to just believe that you just take the Chiefs on a money line. Um, and again, as we've talked about, betting individual money lines a lot of times is not worth it value-wise because you're laying 6-1, to 8-1, to one, who knows what it might be. But when you put a few of them together, now you're creating value. So the Chiefs have beat the Broncos 14 straight times. I'm guessing they make it 15, knowing they have to keep pace with the Bills for home field. The 49ers against the Raiders, like we talked about. I don't see any way the Raiders are in that ballgame. And the Chargers-Rams. You put those four together, you're only getting plus 110, so slightly better than even money. But I dare you to tell me which of those four teams isn't going to win. Who? Where's their risk? I guess, what, maybe the Chargers? Just because they tend to underperform in, in certain games, but... I don't see it. Not this week. Not with the way things look in that that, that matchup. Um, so that's my four-team money line parlay. I've already placed my bets this week on all this stuff. I'm looking for another big week. Hopefully, you guys can join me. Jump on the train before the NFL postseason gets around. That's it for Kendall's Corner and for Lay the Points. I look forward to seeing you here again next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.